Hello and welcome back to the latest Tink Business Podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Founded in Athlone in 2013, Sidero currently employs 150 people and builds mission-critical software for some of the most successful Irish and global companies. We talked to co-founder and CEO Carmel Owens about her vision for the company, narrowing the tech skills gap and enabling businesses to digitally transform. I just was saying to you a minute or two ago that I really would have really been more aware of Sidero in the last three years than I was previously. And you said there's a reason for that. Now tell me what that reason is. <laughs> <laughs> no, that it, 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 it's not really true. But I suppose um, we were founded in 2013, John, um, by a group of engineers, um, local lady and lads, five founders. Um, and really, you know, the company's focus is was always on engineering, customer delivery, excellence in that space, and probably less so on the talking up Sidero, sales and marketing, the front end. And about two years ago, um, I was uh, brought in by them to Sidero. So my job really is to focus on growth, on strategy, um, on new customer acquisition. Um, so, you know, there's been a lot more focus on talking about us in, in the marketplace. Uh, and, you know, I'm really pleased to see how we've done. Um, it, it's great some of the stories that we have around our customers. And, uh, you know, fairly recently, we got company of the year there in the Tech Excellence Awards, which was a big deal, not just for uh, me, but for our whole team, because it kind of validates the, the work that we do for our customers and success that we've seen so far. So um, I can't take the credit for it at all, but uh, I, I've been pushing that message hard to try and get us more visible in the market. Now, the only thing before, uh, well, when I, when I used to cover tech, uh, everything seemed to just either be in Dublin or Cork a lot of the time or Galway. You know what I mean? It was That's where all the tech was, where all the big companies were, you know, Apple in Cork, Microsoft in Dublin, you know, uh, some companies there in, in Galway. Um, Ericsson were in, in, in that loan and um, I suppose from a farmer sense, Elan were there too or are still there. Both, both companies are still there, sorry. But but and when it came to write about tech, that's that's there are only two companies in alone I would have heard of at the time. Um, would would the fact that um, Ericsson has a big beachhead there in 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 alone be a contributor to Sadir's story, or is it a very separate story? No, it's it, it's absolutely a contributor to Sidero's story, and and not just us, but but other companies locally. So you're right. I mean, the, the, it is Cork and Dublin, but uh, you know, like you, I mean, I started my career out with Horizon Open Systems and up and down to Ericsson in Athlone, um, so, so so there's a cluster there um, around software development skills, um, and Ericsson has been you know hugely instrumental in that. Um, they're an important customer of ours, they're good friends of Sidero's, uh, and we support each other. Uh, and and you know, as part of that, like it's very important that Midlands ecosystem, if you like. So we all work very closely with Toos, you know, formerly AIT. 
GMIT, uh, the University of Limerick, you know, NUIG. And so, and actually as far over as Dundalk. So, so there is very much a Midland-centric story. And, and, and we work hard together um, and promote the fact that there are careers in the Midlands, that there are graduate opportunities, um, that for lots of people who want to have families, who want to come home, it's, you know, it's a great opportunity, but equally place for people to settle, assuming they can find houses, that is. But, you know, so, so, so the Midlands is an important part of our DNA and, and, and the Sidero story. And I suppose then as well, I mean, um, you guys have been pretty ardent and banging the drum, particularly about the skills shortage and skills gap in Ireland. And anyone who knows the tech industry like I do or you do knows that it's a great opportunity for anyone in, especially if you're young, to go into an industry, earn very much, earn very well, travel around the world a lot, see people, experience things that you've probably probably wouldn't get in any other humdrum job, <laughs> you know. So they, they, they do, do, I'm converted. I know I know that this is a great opportunity for people. And also one of the things that puts people off the industry sometimes is that they think they have to be engineers only. And then there's, you know, the, the, maybe maybe I think the industry needs to do a better job communicating what other kind of roles for other kinds of people could exist in in, 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 in those jobs. But you guys have really put your money where your mouth is. You you have invested four hundred thousand euros to to work with third level. Uh, you've also there in the last year announced seventy five new jobs uh, in in Athlone. Tell tell us about what's what's growing your business and is the skills shortage an impediment or. Uh, are we seeing a cooling down in terms of those demands for numbers that were, you know, that we were seeing up before the pandemic and maybe during the pandemic? Um, well, I suppose if I start with the first question, what's driving our business is the adoption of digital um, digital services, you know, and I think that companies are seeing it as a way to get an edge on their competitors at last. Um, so that investment is is, is driving uh, the adoption of, of, of what we do, which is, you know, we deliver cloud services, we deliver software development, we build applications and systems that run well in the cloud. Um, so, so, so that's hugely exciting for us. And, you know, the pandemic for sure, you know, drove that. Um, and you just have to see the growth of the hyperscalers there during the pandemic, the remote working, our reliance on systems. That, that That's helped uh, all, all of that for us. Um, and then I think, you know, you see things like, in fairness, you know, the government have done a really good job. That announcement there of the Grow Digital Fund, 85 million um, for SMEs, that's really important for companies, you know, not just to build websites, right? I think during the pandemic, there was a big focus on get yourself online and, and uh, do a bit of digital promotion. But actually, the Grow Digital Fund now is around automating processes. It's around AI analytics, some of the newer tech. And, and you know, to get access to even a small part of that, you know, it can enable some really great results for customers. There is a little bit of a cooling in the market, not much, I'd say, but but, but definitely we, we've seen some of the, the very large US players and um, there have been some layoffs. Um, I think overall, though, the demand for skills continues um, and, you know, 
as you say, our graduate program is an important part of that. You know, working with the universities, bringing them on. We're looking at apprenticeships programs as well. And then, frankly, we we troll the world looking for talent. Um, so we bring people in from all corner all corners of the world. We have a hugely diverse workforce. I think we're something like twenty seven different nationalities. The last time we we checked. So again, you know, it's kind of double edged sword because you know because organisations can't find people or hold on to people themselves um, it, it creates opportunity for a company like Sidero then so um, you know it drives our growth as well so so of course you know hiring really clever grads or you know even more experienced people then you've got to keep them interested you've got to look after them you've got to consider their careers and what's important to them uh, and so we spend a lot of time doing that um, for me as well Personally, like the whole girls in tech, you know, lack of girls in tech. You know, there weren't too many in my class in DCU and I studied computer applications. Um, but, but equally, we're not seeing too many ladies coming into Sidero either. And, and you know, we, we talk about it a lot. Um, we try and promote it where we can. But I think your point about, you know, not all tech is is being a coder in a dark room. You know, um, I, I, I studied software engineering. I moved um, into pre-sales, into consulting. And then eventually I ended up in sales when my brother and I founded Comtech back in the day. So, you know, there's lots of scope to move around. And if you're strong interpersonal skills in particular, you know, project management, scrum management, the whole people management, offers lots of opportunities. So I think you're right. We don't really do a great job on getting the message out there around the variety of roles within tech. And of course, then we've got, you know, really bright girls, engineers, some of our most senior people are, 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 are girls. See, sorry, some of our most senior team are female engineers. And, you know, we need to encourage that as well. So I'm really proud of some of the work that my team have been doing around STEM out in the schools with primary level. Um, you know, they run all these cool little projects with the kids and start to get them to think differently around technology um, and engineering as disciplines. So hopefully that helps encourage it too. You mentioned there you founded Comtech with your brother. Um, would was it ever on your radar to be a founder or an entrepreneur? Like, I mean, uh, to, to 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 you know, as you say, your your grounding in the tech world was was you know quite traditional for tech. You know, you go from university into pre sales, consulting, all these different elements of of overall selling selling technology and and moving technology. But was was an entrepreneur role something you ever ever thought was on your radar? Yeah, I think it was always there. Look, I'm a farmer's daughter from Carlo. My mum ran a, a guest house that ended up being featured on the front page of the New York Travel Times section. Um, when we were kids, my dad grew an This is when we were kids, my dad grew an acre of strawberries and gave it to us. And each of us had to look after the pickers 
bring the strawberries to the co-op. Um, you could sell strawberries on the side if you could find some buyers. So we were probably some of the first kids down at the crossroads selling strawberries before we went out on a Saturday night. And I guess that kind of mentality was ingrained in me from early on. So, yeah, I suppose probably, yeah, it's fair to say. And, and, and at loan, when you think about it, like you know, at the moment, uh, I'm just wondering, is that a bonus when it comes to competing against the bigger tech companies when it comes to hiring talent? You know, uh, cost of living in Dublin is quite expensive. Dublin tends to be a destination for lots of people because it's probably the only place in Ireland they've heard of before they even get here. Um, but I, I've often said one of the things that Ireland has and one of the reasons why it is a jewel in the crown when it comes to tech is anyone from anywhere in Europe, in the EU, can come and work here if they're young and build a great career and salary and get started maybe even put down roots here if they want um but that loan um you know it's in the middle of ireland uh wouldn't be where it wouldn't be mentioned a lot long in dispatches the same way that google's operas operations in dublin would be per se but at the same time i imagine it's probably escaping a lot of those really really cost of living situations that the cost of rent uh, you know do, do, do you find that 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 maybe that that work life balance the the less pacier side of life that 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 somewhere like Adlone would offer compared with say a city like dublin uh, is that helping with the recruitment aspect of it yeah, it does, for sure. You know, if you have a 15-minute commute to the office, it makes life an awful lot easier. The cost of, you know, living overall is much less, although I, we haven't escaped the housing problems that I think are nationwide at this stage. You know, people can work remotely with us, so, you know, that's not such a huge issue. Um, but, yeah, I think, and you know, schools, all of that, much easier. And, and as I say, there are plenty of people that move back, you know, that have been abroad and um, have done their years as a backpacker developer. Somebody described one of them as there lately. And, and and that's what happens. You know, people travel for a few years. They work from hop from one company to the next. Great to be able to come back home and know that you have, a, you know, a senior job with a growing company. So people like that. And looking to the future of Sidero, um, I mean, as I said, great growth story in the last 10 years. Uh, what does the future look like for you guys? I mean, what's what what opportunities are you pursuing, and and what, what kind of scaling uh, opportunities do you tend to leverage in the next couple of years? Well, we're growing fast. We announced seventy five new jobs last year. We've hired almost all of those people, uh, so we're at around two hundred and thirty people now, based in Athlone. Um, I imagine that we will continue to expand. We probably will look at another office in one of the major centres in Ireland that you described earlier. We look to the UK as well, you know, for bigger markets, depending on the economy, I suppose. And um, we've been very successful earlier this year with some big government contracts, which I'm very excited about. Um, so, so we'll continue to drive the public sector work as well. But overall, I suppose, you know, it, it, it's it's more of the above. We're, somebody said to me the other day that we are the, um, the largest privately owned indigenous company, software cloud services company in the country now um after all the consolidation lately that's uh, which is kind of hard to believe so, so so we'll continue to try and drive that success story um you know recruitment finding great people to help 
you know, come up with the ideas to get us to the next level. That that's part of where I'm at at the moment, um, beefing out our senior management team. Um, but uh, yeah, so so it's all about growth, really. I suppose to continue growth, hopefully. And uh, you mentioned their government contracts. I mean, it used to be a case that it was nearly impossible for an indigenous tech company to get any government work. It used to be the old adage: you, you never got fired for buying IBM. Uh, has something changed, or is it simply that you know? Often it was said when I when I used to look into this a lot around maybe around two thousand two two thousand three, and someone pointed out to me, well, look, the the companies may or may not win against the big big giants sometimes, but they just seriously need to get more professional too in order to win those deals. Uh, is is there an element of truth to that? There is. There definitely is. I, I suppose I, I'm lucky in that I ran. Uh, public sector for version one um, and then I ran public sector for EMC so I guess I was part of what I brought was experience in how to go after these contracts and my team now have picked up on that um, but also we've been very well supported it has to be said you know um, we partnered with Nearform uh, the company that did the COVID app and, and collectively we've been very successful um, in winning some of these contracts and actually it's great to see how delighted uh, the government bodies are to award the contracts to you know what they would consider to be Irish SMEs even though you know we're both about the same size and scale now so 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 we're not that small at all um, so it is a bit about approach um, and I think you know it's getting the first one is is the tough bit there you know um so so earlier this year we we no late last year we managed to get onto one of the government procurement frameworks and you know really we're there with the consulting houses the big Indian outsourcers fantastic to be on that and and you know that should drive it and we're also working with partners the likes of AWS who really have a strong government cloud agenda uh, and working with them to drive adoption within government. So, yeah, to be honest, I think, again, COVID really helped. Look, the COVID app all run in the public cloud, gov.ie running on public cloud, you know. So so I think I think the future is pretty bright in that whole digital services space for government. Well, the cloud is an interesting one when you think about it, like um, it's a natural evolution of computing, as you know it, you know what I mean? Everything, everything kind of joins together it used to be a server in the office now it's it's uh, it's part of the you know the compute continuum the the data centers the, the, the much uh, maligned data centers that 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 join all these up uh, sometimes they come in for bad press but it, it is the way the world has gone but also during the pandemic we'd seen so many businesses change how they work because they had to people work from home you know most of us still working from home um but I suppose looking to the future, um, what trends do you see changing changing the world of business, the world, the kind of companies that you support? Uh, cloud, it's it's mad to think that cloud as we know it, I mean, it, it was under a different name at least uh, over the years, but I suppose I remember Microsoft built a gigantic data center in Dublin in 2009. And, you know, the, the term cloud has really just really become ingrained and really the last decade has been the decade of the cloud. What, what's coming next, do you think, when you look at the kind of things you're preparing for and the scale you're preparing for and the way businesses are organising themselves? Like, what, what, how, how, how is Sidero positioning itself to, to, to handle those needs of businesses for the next decade? Well, I suppose when I think about the cloud, it's the cloud is just a destination, Okay, it's the right place to store particular systems, data, information, that type of thing. What we're seeing is 
multi-cloud, first of all. So, you know, you don't hang your hat just on one cloud uh, provider. You know, there, there, there's the whole sort of, you know, you see Oracle Cloud, for example, and Salesforce and, you know, where there's particular uh, functional requirements, companies are, are, are moving towards those. Um, but I guess what's really interesting for us is the adoption of technology by smaller companies and how cloud means that they can for, i'll give you an example right capital water is one of our customers and uh, they, they they basically are doing it they're an iot platform that monitors a SaaS platform that monitors water quality um and now you know so so they have this up and running for some time as i say it's SaaS, it's working really well and now they're using ai and ml to cover off gaps in data quality as it comes in from the iot devices and that's just, that's phase two for them so there's lots of slick technology that you can deploy at a much lower cost, I think it's fair to say. Now, you need a partner to help you, you know, in some, most cases, I'd say, for this. But but but, but they're out there and companies like Sidero uh, can help with that. You know, equally, you know, that, 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 that Grow Digital Fund, that should allow companies to look at ways to automate their processes, improve them. Um, we're talking to one company and they, they, they have a really slick business um, but it's all on paper, on phones, talking, and they're looking at ways at how how they can take those processes, automate them, and and you know a lot of it is around a couple of key guys. How can they how can they scale that up? So so that is interesting for us. Equally, I suppose for bigger organisations, what we're seeing is that they've got these monolithic software you know, systems and they're re-architecting those, they're right-sizing them, they're containerizing them, they're shifting them up to the cloud. So there's work there around that. And then other companies are taking the approach that actually we're not going to touch the core. Uh, what we're going to do is develop apps around that, that, you know, can make calls back and we can give that customer experience without having this huge migration that could take years and it's hard to quantify the benefits. So it's all about, I think, being able to quickly address customer requirements and, you know, kind of when you see an opportunity, move fast, deploy, and then, you know, things like agile software development come into that as well. So that's where, you know, instead of, you know, six months software development projects, it's about getting something out quickly, minimal viable product, something that might not be perfect, but, you know, gets 50, 60% of what you need, and then refine, refine, keep doing deliveries of the software. Um, so, so, so I think that's the way it's going. Um, in terms of, uh, like in the Midlands now, for example, there's an advanced uh, technology and manufacturing group that uh, has been spun out of AIT, and Sidero is part of that. But it, it's really interesting. You know, there are companies like Grant Engineering, Murgon involved in that and it's all about how can technology help support their businesses um, so I think that, that that's kind of the way it's going and at the heart of all this will be Sidero well one hopes yes yes give us a ring <laughs> Cameron Owens thank you so much for your time that was fantastic okay thanks John bye